Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Starting a family is undoubtedly an exciting time, but the reality of seeing a positive pregnancy test can send even the most laid-back woman into a spiral of sleepless nights. Trust me, I've been there. We're here to tackle the conundrums that keep many mums-to-be, just like me, awake at night when they find out their life is about to change forever. Hello and welcome to Baby on the Brain, a podcast brought to you by Stylist Magazine, dedicated to the big life questions you face when you find out you're pregnant. My name is Fliss, I'm the digital executive editor at Stylist and I'm 28 weeks pregnant now. It feels weird even saying that out loud. I thought by the third trimester I'd get used to it, but uh, it's absolutely still strange. Every week I'm joined by a different co-host and today I'd like to introduce Lisa Harvey. She's stylist assistant editor and before joining the stylist team she was a freelance writer and editor for national titles including The Guardian and the BBC. She's also currently pregnant. Together we're going to be discussing today's big question will my identity change post-pregnancy, i.e. I keep waking up in the middle of the night having this fear I'm going to somehow change overnight after I give birth and I needed to talk to some pregnant people about it. <laughs> Lisa, hi. Hello, hi. <laughs> Congratulations on your pregnancy. You, How far along are you? I'm 37 and a half weeks, so kind of full term, I think. Could come any any day now, probably won't <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah between uh 37 42 isn't it so yeah wow how does that feel <laughs> like you it just feels like I think I've been saying oh it's starting to feel real now every week since I ah! found out <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah it's it's still very surreal and um I think because obviously I'm still working I haven't I'm doing that classic thing of I'll deal with that when it happens maybe <laughs> so, oh, yeah totally the yeah. things you put off as well the things that I prioritize over what I should be prioritizing aka my health <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I have to sit down and have a word with myself sometimes like no I really should go to that midwife appointment and not yeah. cancel it because yes, I've got a, lo- a load of other things going on um <laughs> no. but exactly yeah, yeah. I just wanted to ask you, just between friends, what the funniest thing is that's happened to you while you, since you've been pregnant. I, I'll start. I think my cankles are hilarious. <laughs> Every time I try and put a pair of boots on that my feet don't fit into, I'm like, this is the most hilariously sad thing I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. that, that I've definitely uh, experienced that the last few weeks. My cankles are on another level as well. Um, I guess it's more like, like nothing really funny has happened. I mean, you know, in, in, with, with my pregnancy, but I, I'm obviously at home by my, myself. My partner works, but it's if I drop anything on the floor, it, it is dead to me now. Like that's it. I'm just <laughs> I'm leaving like trails of like you know whether it's my lunch on the floor, whether I just <laughs> dropped my you know even my phone. I'm like, oh, do I really need to pick that up? It's more that <laughs> I've got to that stage and 
yeah I gave up on shoelaces like a couple of weeks ago as well so just just little things like that I'm just amazed like you know the noises that I already make when I'm getting out of bed to go to the toilet in, for like the 15th oh. time in the middle of the night <laughs> the noises I make full stop now getting every now and then yeah and I hear Aaron's like are you okay and I'm just I, I'm just trying to sit down yeah <laughs> he's in the other room like something must have happened and I'm just there like no I'm just trying to get up or sit down or put a pair of socks on yeah oh. it's really intuitive now like Connor my partner he now when he gets off and so if he just automatically turns to me as if to get me off like I'm an old lady <laughs> like what is that like come on like this is ridiculous um uh, do you know what it yeah. is hard as well um having been so <laughs> so independent and so fiercely independent my whole life mm. to now have to rely on someone's hand to get off the Definitely. sofa no thank you I will do this myself <laughs> yeah. um which kind of brings us about nicely to today's topic so I wanted to talk to you about identity mm. um and before we meet our guest today I just wanted to understand your thoughts on it it's a huge topic and it's definitely something that's played on my mind so how do you feel about your identity in terms of your pregnancy I think lockdown has had a big impact on on, on me uh, for, for well in terms of my pregnancy I've had most of it in lockdown so I don't really feel that my identity has been impacted that much yet so like the pandemic has stripped a lot of people's identity back to some extent and uh we're all navigating that still and I think because I guess my bump's been behind a screen the whole time with work I don't feel like I've been treated any differently at work um mm. I I feel like I've not even I think I've not been outside and been mindful of my bump or had any conversations about that, you know, with people really. So, which has its really good sides to, to being pregnant in a pandemic. Like I've, I've mentioned in the, in the previous feature of the, the stylist, like swerving commutes, great, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you do miss out on those kind of milestones and those little daily nuances that make you I guess process what's happening and what's going on to your body. Totally. I I don't like. I I think there's been so many times where I mean this might sound absolutely ridiculous where I've actually forgotten I'm pregnant. Obviously that doesn't happen oh. at this stage, but I think that's why I keep saying, oh, it's really starting to feel real now because yeah. it's a reminder. And I actually I did have one. My first went to the bank recently, and this woman asked me, um, you know, oh, when are you due? And it was the first, and I was like thirty. Four, 35 weeks pregnant at that point and I was like oh that's the first time I've ever asked that question I probably kept her talking way longer than she wanted to be honest I <laughs> but, but yeah I was like oh yeah you know other than me going for my little walks around you know my local area and stuff and yeah my bump is bulging out of my coat that's way too small for me now but it's just been me and my partner so I, I feel like for me it's now coming to a point where I'm more aware of perhaps how my identity will shift when the baby's mm. here but during pregnancy I think I've not noticed that much of a huge difference um what yeah. about what about you I for me you're right I don't think I've ever really come to terms with being pregnant mm. um I I don't know if it was the same for you but I had to tell my friends family parents everyone over FaceTime yeah um I haven't seen my parents mm. um I 
you know, no one, I haven't seen any of my friends. I moved house, I moved out of London in January. Um, and so we just live in a this bubble in a village that I've never lived in before. I've only visited <laughs> twice. I love it here, but no one's, no one's, I, I haven't seen any of my work colleagues. I haven't seen any of my best friends. No one's seen me pregnant. The Literally the, we don't have any mirrors in this house because we've just moved. So the only time I ever see my reflection is in the oven. And I'm like, whoa whoa <laughs> what is going on like and from the front it doesn't look like anything so it's only when I turn to the side I'm like god there is something in there but um yeah I could quite easily forget the I mean I am now having those uh waking up in a cold sweat moments when I've woken up on my back cool oh. that's a fun game isn't it <laughs> but um for me it's about my identity after I think I, I don't think I'll ever come to terms with being pregnant and um, because it's not something I've enjoyed with anyone. So mm. it's just me in my tiny head. Um, mm. But for me, it's afterwards. I'm so, so scared of people treating me differently um, mm. and being someone's mum. And why do I think that's a negative thing? That's, that's a funny thing, isn't it? Like, why do I think that's a, not a good thing? I think it's around, a lot of it comes down to the language that's been used previously about it because we yeah. hear so often, don't we? Oh, am I going to be just a mum? As in, as if that's like a negative thing in itself and it's absolutely ridiculous. And obviously we can blame like the patriarchy for that probably, you know. For, for, <laughs> <laughs> and we I'm will. sure we will down the line <laughs> with this conversation. But um, I just think... Um, you know, and it's just because you hear stories, and 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 you just it just it's all word of mouth things, isn't it? And sometimes there's a there's an element of I think fear un, unintentional, but fear you know fear mongering of people who felt like they did lose a sense of themselves after they had a baby, or you know, and you hear you see the struggles that you know we've seen probably through friends and read stories about you know of of coming to terms with these diff, this this new, this new identity and this kind of idea that you know you're not going to be you anymore yeah I'm trying to think of it more as we are it's like part of like expanding like you know getting yeah, into more another nice. identity and stuff uh probably didn't articulate that as well as I could have done but I mean um, to be honest I'm about to have an existential crisis at the thought of who I am why are you asking me that question now I have no idea what are you doing to me <laughs> um but look I think this feels like about the right time to bring in our esteemed guest so I would like to welcome content creator Adana Steinecker from the Adana and David family Adana is an esteemed doctor turned entrepreneur who has forged a very successful career as one of the UK's leading family content creators I really hope that means she has all the answers for us today. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Adana, congratulations on your pregnancy. How far along are you? Thank you. I'm 24 weeks at the moment. Yeah. Oh, lovely. So you are a month behind me yeah. and a, a little way behind Lisa. Lisa's yeah. ready. Am I, I? I, I, would trade, I would trade places with Lisa right now. <laughs> <laughs> me too, actually. Oh, I would. Because are you I'm, enjoying your pregnancy I, well you see um yes and I wouldn't say no but I think <laughs> um you had I was Lisa saying earlier that sometimes she forgets she's pregnant or it was you as well saying that you only catch a glimpse in the oven I mean I do have mirrors thankfully that reminds me <laughs> <laughs> but um I do have two hyperactive toddler boys that are five and three 
So it's really like the experience being pregnant the first time round, where you're reading every app and every baby update and you're in every motherhood forum. Yeah, that's not happening this time round. <laughs> that's definitely not happening. So I am enjoying it when I catch a glimpse of myself and remember that I'm pregnant. But other than that, um, with working from home and having two toddlers, um, I, I really do tend to forget sometimes. Amazing. Well, except when my pair of jeans can't fit me anymore and then I remember. <laughs> oh, my God. I, remember. I actually can't remember what it's like to wear jeans. Yeah, or just even wearing your, your normal clothes, yeah. how glorious that will be the day. <laughs> yeah. So Adana, we have a million questions and I suppose it's just nice to talk to another pregnant person and actually someone who has also had kids. Mm. So been there, done that, got the t-shirt, I suppose. Um, <laughs> how did you feel about your identity before you got pregnant the first time? And you know, you, you heard Lisa and I talking, do we sound like we've lost the plot or is this kind of relatively okay to think? So you, it's, it's definitely okay to think or to worry about your identity or what that's going to be like when you become a mom. Because honestly, if you, you know, if you've had a career, you've been working and that's kind of like all you've known is like you, your partner, your relationship as an adult without any, responsibility of another human life let's just say um there is th that worry does come and personally as somebody who has experienced it i mean when i first found that i was pregnant i i had just finished med school and i had started working as an intern um, my first rotation was orthopedic surgery so i was the only woman on my team in theaters doing knee replacements and hip replacements. So I was the, the badass female intern, surgical intern, right? <laughs> and so, you know, I was, you know, I continued in that, in that specialty, heavily pregnant, still in theaters, having surgery, not worrying about any human because the baby was still inside me. And then just going from such a high pressured environment I was on call, like I still had 24 hour calls and I was wow. just working, working, working. Um, and then to go from that to, I think it first hit me when I took maternity leave, like I think two to three weeks before my due date mm -hmm. and I was at home, you know, it felt like, okay, this is a good time to rest from all the work. But then the baby came and of course, <laughs> You know, no matter how we talk about equality and my partner is very, he's very hands-on. He's a very hands-on dad. But the reality is he's never going to have boobs and milk. So if you're, <laughs> you're going to think about if one parent has to take time off, it usually is the mom, let's yeah. be honest, because mm. you're breastfeeding if you choose to anyway in, that, in the first couple of months. So just being at home with a baby that, you know, couldn't communicate except cry, you know, couldn't mm -hmm. talk. I had no adult conversations because all my friends are surgical interns and they're still at work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, most of my, I had no mommy group because I didn't know how to join a mommy group. That was the reality. Mm -hmm. I just didn't, I didn't have the time because every day I was at work. So I didn't really have the time to, to socialize or to mingle or to kind of develop this motherhood network that, that really is very beneficial. Um, it really did. So at first it wasn't even, the identity crisis um, in quote came 
shortly afterwards but the initial thing I dealt with was resentment honestly I really yeah. resented my husband waking up every day and dressing up to go to work this was this was five years ago so there wasn't any pandemic everyone still worked normally so every day he would and my, my son he really had um bad colic he had you know allergy he had rashes I mean think about everything that could <laughs> that could drive a first mom crazy oh. hap happened to me. So I'm here spending my time between like, you know, well, thankfully, well, being a medic, I kind of knew a few things. I was going to say, things. you're a doctor. <laughs> no, but, no, but honestly, people think that because you're a doctor, you know, you should just hand handle motherhood a lot easier than other moms. But the reality is I'm not a pediatrician. Like I'm a surgeon, I cut people open and sew them back up. <laughs> like, no, it's it's very different from being a pediatrician, first of all. And secondly, there's a there's a shift in dynamic when you're the patient versus the, the doctor. So <laughs> I, I I really was the patient going into my pediatrician saying my child hasn't been sleeping because of colic. So I did have that resentment initially, which we talked about, but it was it was just because it was a huge life change. And then as far as the identity, it was a big one. It really hit me. And honestly, it is real. It's not just in your head. It is the reality of, you know, the way that you're perceived, I suppose, with between or within my circle of other, like, very high-achieving professional, you know, badass surgeons, everyone going into work, talking about what procedures they've done today. And I was also the first one amongst my friends who had had a baby. Right. So they don't the reality is if you're if you're in a circle of friends that that don't have kids, it, they can never get it. They can never get it. And I, I don't say that in a bad way. It's the reality of friends inviting me out for drinks on a Saturday at 11 p.m. to to go to go on a bender and I'm like do you really do you realize that I have a child and also I mean I did attempt to go for a Beyonce concert I think and it was just the worst time of my life because I was so engorged with <laughs> with breast milk and no. it was the most painful thing ever but oh. yes I, yeah it was I did definitely have issues with the identity like oh how am I going to be perceived am I just the mum that's at home yes yes yeah. this is exactly what I worry about absolutely and, yeah. all right so how did how did you get over that then or did you is it getting over it is it accepting it and is it understanding why you think like that I mean yeah so it's it's a bit of everything so I had to understand why I thought like that because the narrative has always been just a mom right yeah oh yep. just a stay-at-home mom it's only when you become a parent you realize what hard work it is <laughs> but before <laughs> then honestly I I could even say you know without any shame that I would have even thought like that like oh a mom at home is probably not as busy as I am but she she is as busy she is wrecked she is sleep deprived she's going through confidence issues with the change in her body there is just so much going on with that woman at home that's just more than oh she's not in front of a desk or walking up and down with a you know an on call phone you know there was just i i kind of understood why 
a lot of people think like that when I became a mom. So I feared that I would now be perceived as someone who's no longer ambitious. And I, I intentionally yes. took a year out, you know, I had yeah. six months maternity leave, but I also took an extra six months. So I had a year out intentionally because, you know, we had no, there was no body to help. My husband still had to go to work and I wasn't, I didn't want to to put him in in any crash before one. It was just a personal decision, not that there's anything wrong with that. So I really fear that people would think of me as less than or less ambitious. Yeah, yes, or, yeah. Yeah, so that, that was the worry. I, I really had to get over that, you know, personally. Um, That's but something- also... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was sorry to interrupt you, Anna. Um, I was just going to say that that um, I was speaking about this to some some of my a lot of my friends have had children um, and babies like already. Like I'm one of the last ones to to, to have it. Um, and and we were discussing this recently, and that's something that really resonated with one of my friends. Like uh, she felt even before before le- leading up to taking uh, to to, to going on maternity leave, she was like running at like a hundred miles an hour. Um, so they didn't think she was incapable. Um, you know she wasn't capable of working and then um, you know it it was actually when she had her first child she ended up taking going back to work you know four and a half months later because she felt so determined not to lose that ambitious side of herself and now she kind of feels you know she wished she could have a word with herself back then because she didn't realize that she had it was probably just just a massive case of imposter syndrome, you know, yeah. kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I just think that's yeah. something that would re- that would really resonate with a lot. I remember telling, I remember telling my my you know my colleagues at work, I do not want to be known as the pregnant intern. So throughout even surgery, like I would have to, you know, when I'm scrubbing in with the with the consultant surgeon, I would be heavily pregnant and orthopedic surgery, there's a lot of x-rays. So you have to wear the x-ray vest. So as heavy as that was, bump was so big because my first child, he was 4.5 kg or 10 pounds when when I had him that was his size massive <laughs> so my belly was out here you could literally like balance things on my belly at that time <laughs> but like holding up a leg in theater I could I, from half an hour surgeries to three hour surgeries I would stand in a heavy jacket because I did not want someone to to offer me a chair mm. or to say no, don't sc- don't scrub into theatre today. I did not want to be known as the pregnant woman who is now less ambitious. But the reality, when I think back retrospectively, I mean, this was five years ago. I realized that that sort of mindset was there because that was the culture in the work environment that I was anyway. You know, I didn't just make make it up in my head like. I, I probably would have subconsciously internalized people having chats about women who are not working as strong as men. And I didn't want that narrative. So there was that. And there was also the personal imposter syndrome or like me all up in my head telling myself, oh, you've worked so hard up until this level mm-hmm. and your performance is going to influence what the next rotation that you're going to go to. So you have to keep working, working, working. And my back was in bits. No. I just, my feet were swollen. I wore Crocs like for the, the last few months of my pregnancy because I couldn't fit into any shoes. Forget about tying shoelaces. Like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Oh my God. I'm definitely <laughs> investing in Crocs. Crocs. <laughs> 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think work is actually something I definitely want us to talk about yeah. because um, there are so many different strands to this conversation. And Adana, Lisa, you're totally right. You know, I also have, it's about ambition. I'm a very, very ambitious woman and for me I'm petrified of losing Mm -hmm. that but actually Mm. work is a strand that I would like us just to dig into a little more and Adana you know actually as even a woman in your industry you know you are already a minority and having to stand there as a pregnant woman holding up a leg for three hours I mean Lisa and I only have to sit behind a computer you know we've got it easy Um, but how how did you feel other people viewed you do you feel like that changed? So again, I it's it's all up in my it's all in my head because I was convincing myself that people still view me as this very hardworking surgical junior doctor. Yeah. They probably didn't. They probably thought like she's crazy. Like what is she doing? They probably thought that, but I was like, oh, you probably see me as hardworking. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So there, there, there is that, and you know, again, it's it's really all up. It's all up in your head. Is what you convince yourself. Is the is the dialogue you have with yourself. You know, the things you tell yourself and the responses to the ridiculousness that's coming out of you. And then you convince yourself about this and you you go to work every day when even in circumstances where you're putting yourself, your health, your baby at risk, you know. So um, I, I definitely thought people saw me as hardworking. Um, but now if I was in that position and I saw a heavily pregnant woman, 37 weeks, 38 weeks in theater holding up a leg, you know, where there's like multiple x-rays, I'll be like, you need to leave the theater. What are you doing here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I said earlier, actually, you know, I have experienced that in, it's all in my own mind. Nothing is, is pushing me more than I am. Like yesterday when I, I had lined up three interviews in the morning and I realized I'd completely forgotten that I had a midwife appointment at 8 45 a.m one of the interviews was at nine my instant thought was I'll move my midwife appointment it was my 28 week appointment um and that you know they need to take your blood pressure to check you don't have preeclampsia and loads of really important things feel feel the baby make sure her heartbeat is all right and my first thought was it can move 
I don't need to, I just need to get the work done first. And no one is putting me under any pressure to do that other than myself. And I just, uh, I suppose I wondered how this time with baby number three is different for you than with baby number one. And what you would say to, to me and Lisa, who may or may not be working ourselves <laughs> yeah, like you did. So for me, I think, and especially again, remember that the first time round, there wasn't a pandemic. So, you know, especially from by the nature of my job, I didn't spend a lot of time online, right? I, it was mostly like offline interaction, offline work, offline everything. Yeah. Um, so I didn't yet build the, I suppose, the motherhood community even online, um, even going on social media or all these blogs or forums or listening to podcasts that kind of support you on this journey. I didn't really have that. Um, so now I would say that it's a lot better. It's definitely a lot better. The pressure is a lot less because I'm immersed in communities that tell me it's okay it's okay to take time off. It's okay to work less. It's okay to prioritize yourself and your health. Work will always be there. Like you, you listen, there's so many, there's so much positive messages out there um, than, I mean, now than I had access to. And maybe they existed. I just didn't know about them, right? Yeah. And now I would also say that what's really helped me um is like the pandemic has actually made the identity crisis slash fear of missing out a lot better because everyone's in the same boat. Like you're at home. I, I don't even go to midwife or obstetrician appointments with my husband because of COVID, you know? So everyone's in the same boat, going through the same thing. People's works are affected. Most people work from home. There is no fear of missing out on anything. I remember like be, when I was when I was, you know, still working in in the healthcare system in the hospital, I was starting to think about transitioning to entrepreneurship. So my first um my first startup was a medical travel company where healthcare professionals would travel to Africa to work. And I physically had to go to these countries to set up this network. And I remember being pregnant for my second, where there wasn't any pandemic, and I still had the pressure to meet this ambition. And I was seven, eight months pregnant, flying to Kenya and going from one hospital and one resort to another, saying, <laughs> We have healthcare professionals coming. And I remember I go into these meetings and the the some of the men are like, are you okay? Do you need to sit down? I'm like, why do you think I'm not okay? I'm okay. I had to prove, <laughs> I had to prove, I'm like, you know, pregnancy is not a disability. That was my favorite quote at that oh, time. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> I love that one. Pregnant, I'm pregnant, not ill. I'm not ill. So yeah, don't treat me differently. Um, so I always just, it, it, it carried on. So I find now being pregnant for the third, there's a lot less pressure than than the, when there wasn't any pandemic. And hopefully, even when we do come out of the pandemic, we would have learned that it's okay to take some time yeah. off. Yeah. And yeah. that, um, yeah, we would have learned that. So again, my advice for you would be that your career would, will always be there. 
you know, it's okay. I would say that it's okay to feel like, what am I doing? Who am I going to be? Am I just going to be a mom? It's very okay. I, I almost, almost, I really did everything to put away that narrative as much as I could to the extent that I recognize even as a digital content creator, I didn't, I didn't want to post a lot about kids or share a lot about my motherhood experience or, or anything because I was scared that people are just going to perceive me as this mom. Like, how does she go from being a surgical trainee to being a mom? So I tried my best to always share things about like, you know, medicine and entrepreneurship and how I'm going to transition and I'm working during my maternity leave. Like, like you would get some gold medal and like I, I keep telling my friends I'm like there, there came a point where I looked around there were no accolades like I was like where are my trophies no one's giving me a trophy even when it comes to every stereotype like breastfeeding or asking for help or you know getting help or talking about your mental stress everything that women or most new moms would typically shy away from I was like, it, it actually didn't help me. No one gave me a medal for trying to be the very ambitious person. But there is this <laughs> new, there is this new human being that is so cute. I'm in love with, I've created, I'm responsible for. That that takes priority because at some point they grow up, like you blink and they're grown and your career is still there. Yeah. I read something quite um interesting, like about like going forward, like some advice that was like forgetting it. I mean, probably sounds really obvious, but forgetting work-life balance and, and think about work-life boundaries. So like, if we have a clear sense of like all our different identities, you know, whether it's like the mum, the, the whatever we do in our jobs, the friend, you know, we, we have so many different identities to us anyway. Um, and then we can work out like which way we want to integrate or separate them, which I thought was quite interesting. So like, it kind of makes it feel like if you have like the, if you start with these distinct identities, the choice become ours rather than feeling obliged to be a mum at work and work at home and like just basically struggling to please everyone. I don't know. So well, it's easier said than done. We'll see how we get on like in a couple of years Absolutely. time. I but think yeah. friend, friendship is also a really interesting mm. part of this debate because you, I kind of define myself in my friendship group as the one with mad banter um and yeah. how is like actually you know can you still be the funny one if you're not going out for drinks at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night like you said yes, Adana you, you know uh, but you know these are the things that are making me sweat at 3 a.m when I wake up on my back again I, again that's where I think um the pandemic actually decreases this pressure because a lot of people do like their zoom parties now you know friday night drinks and everything so you could be at home and sharing your banter on a zoom call that's no <laughs> honestly that even works it's less pressure than being expected to go out because for me although i was very busy i had the work hard play harder type of lifestyle where i was really a party queen Right. So coming from that to the realization that I can't actually meet this social engagement anymore, it definitely affected my friendship because at some point when they keep inviting you and keep inviting you and keep inviting you and you keep declining or coming up with one excuse or the other, you realize that 
the invitations stopped at some point. So I remember just still being, because I took a year out, like I said, and before that year was over, I couldn't even count how many friends I had left, honestly. It was very sad. I had to form new friendships with moms who really understood the struggle of what I was going through at that time. But again, if, if we had the Zoom culture like we have now, I probably wouldn't have lost that many friends because we would just pick a time and a day to get on Zoom and I could be with my baby and sharing my banter on Zoom, yeah. <laughs> which would have been okay. So I suppose what you're saying is actually you can have a child and not lose your identity. Definitely, definitely. But it's something you have to be intentional about. So actually it is the the my responsibility to work it out in my head because no one else's opinion is changing. I th- I suppose that's interesting because it is it is all in your mind, isn't it? They're it gonna is. think that I'm slacking and that I'm I'm not as fast walking anymore, so I can't get to the meetings as quickly and um I can't go to the parties anymore, so I'm not gonna be or I can't go to them and stay late anymore. So I yeah. you know I won't be invited. And you're right, it's it's in it's in my head. But also there is, again, there's a bit of, you know, there's a lot of what's in your head, but then there is the reality that in my example, where I have friends inviting me to like weekend clubbing, the reality is they would have thought, and I would have been hundred percent right that they're thinking she's no longer fun, but, but I had to be okay with that. I had to be okay with my friends who are not going through the massive life change I've just I'm going through right now thinking I'm no longer fun that's fine so I had to be okay with that but then again most of the things happen in your head where you think they're going to think I'm not that ambitious but at the end of the day the ambition comes from you internally meaning that when you realize there's a season for everything this is the season where maybe this first few months of your maternity leave however long I will do nothing but focus on adjusting to this new life situation and when you feel like you've gotten a good rhythm you you put on the ambition hat again no one no one took it out no one took it away from you to begin with but your mind just kept playing games with you that everyone else perceived you as a failure whereas you're not that was just brilliant wasn't it lisa do you think she answered any of our questions definitely she's a proper fountain of knowledge and wisdom there I know god I really hope I'm like her one day (laughs) that's my my goal in life now is to be that cool calm and collected (laughs) but I think if I'm gonna take a little bit of Adana and keep it with me for the rest of my life it's going to be the phrase it's okay so it's okay to take off your ambition hat and pop it to one side even if it's just for six weeks Mm -hmm. while you have to feed a screaming child um (laughs) Uh, what was your key takeaway yeah absolutely and just to, just to remind ourselves that you know our identity goes through loads of change throughout the course of our lives and as Adana said like yes we're going to have this new role uh, and this new like huge responsibility but we're still us and I'm still me and you know it's just going to be you know think about it as you know it's our identities might have shifted a little bit, but it's expanded and there's always room for more. And also that it's going to be really exciting and I can't wait. It is. Yeah, it's got me excited again. 
it's so easy to forget that this is such an exciting mm. time when you're trying to drag yourself off the sofa <laughs> for another cream egg. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, that's all for episode one of Baby on the Brain. A special thank you to my co-host, Lista, and our guest, Adana, for being so open and honest about their experiences. It is so nice to talk to other pregnant women about what it's really like. And I think today just shows there are so many experiences from so many different viewpoints. From imposter syndrome at work, to the joy of cankles. We've been through a lot this week, so it would be great to hear from you if you had thoughts or observations about what we discussed. You can tweet us at Stylist Magazine and find us on Instagram. Use the hashtag StylistBabyOnTheBrain. Next week, I'm joined by influencer Desreen as my co-host and Black Ballad founder, Toby, as our guest. And we will be tackling networking and friendship and just how the pandemic has changed all of this for mothers and mums-to-be in 2021. Remember to subscribe, share and leave us a review on the App Store. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.